Welcome to the Do Divorce Right podcast. I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and I'm here to help you transition through your divorce with ease and integrity, to not only survive the challenges of your divorce, but to thrive as you come out the other side of it with a much better life than you ever hoped possible. On this show, we talk about many different aspects of divorce, interview women who have their own incredible divorce stories, or those who can offer some great advice as you go through yours. The focus here is to help you find the strength and support to help you feel lighter, happier, more positive, and in a better frame of mind to face the inevitable challenges of your current journey. On today's episode, I'm talking to a super fabulous guest who's going to share with us her positive divorce story, and this is no average story. Following her divorce, Fiona has gone through a bankruptcy and started again from scratch as a single mum, building a seven-figure business, which is not only phenomenal, but also supports other single mums and people rebuilding their lives. Fiona, I'm super excited to talk with you and hear some of your suggestions for listeners today on how they can do divorce right. But first, could you tell me a little bit more about your story, um, the story that I've pointed at here? Wow. Um, in a bit of a snapshot, I um, came from a really sort of um, difficult upbringing. So I didn't have sort of a good education or any grounding in how to do life. And I fell pregnant at 21. Um, wow. And I was single pregnant. Um, so that was a really um, big growing up curve. And so um, I was a single mum until um, my beautiful Gideon was eight. And I just desperately wanted to be loved. So I got married, as we do. Um, And I'd sort of been in and out of a lot of different jobs. I'd always enjoyed the entrepreneurial side of things. Um, So when um, the mining downturn came, I sort of went from safety and HR and things like that into our cleaning business. I met um, my ex-husband and um, got very quickly got custody of his three children. And so I wound up a mum of four overnight, overnight. So that was a big learning curve um, for me as well. Um, So we were married for six years um, together for nine. So it was a big part of my life. I raised my stepchildren sort of from eight, nine, 12, 14 years of age um, through to when we split in um, December of 2017. And things had been bad for a pretty long time, as anyone probably on the inside of separation and divorce knows that, you know, there'll be usually some warning signs that things aren't aren't working and there's lots of um, different pursuits of, of fixing things or, or mending. And, and, you know, I can definitely look and say we did all we could to be on the same page. But Um, the way it kind of happened for me is that I was left holding the bag. Um, So the way that it kind of, the timeline of things was December 8th, I got a call from the ATO that they had frozen our business account. And that was Friday, the 8th of December. My husband left the next day um, just because we'd been having a lot of problems and I had already asked him to leave after finding that he... um, had a drug addiction and so oh, wow Fiona. um it was a really tough time and so the 8th of December the ATO froze our bank accounts the 13th of December was my birthday and that's when the accountant and the administrator said you've got some choices to make um you can go bankrupt you can trade through which is kind of like working triple you know what you're capable of to get out of a hole 
Um, wow. They said you can do something illegal, which, you know, we're not going to recommend, but it can be done. You can do something dodgy or you can sell the business. That was your options. And they said, look, we wouldn't buy it. So um, we're recommending that you, you go insolvent. And if at any point in time you didn't want to have to do both of those things at once, like I didn't want to have to lose my husband and my business, but anybody that has either faced or, or has divorced knows that the world that you thought you had, boom, overnight, Completely that's not your gone. world anymore. Yeah. And mm. so there's, you know, that element of this is um, this is bad. Like I was sitting there going, I, I need him to come back. Like I can't deal with that and that at once. And so um, but he wasn't coming back. And um, I had the kids with me and I had our business. I had our house. I had the debt. I had all the cleaners looking at me. And um, that was in December 2017. And then I went through, I made a few decisions, which obviously we'll go to. But, yes. on, you know, if we want to just do a quick fast forward, um, I now have two businesses. One's a seven-figure business and one's a six-figure business. I'm in the best emotional, mental, physical and spiritual place that I've ever been in. I actually get a bit emotional. I've, I haven't told this whole story. This is actually the first place that this story is being told. Um, oh, thank you, so, Fiona. Um, I think it can help other women. Um, I was 140 kilos. I've since lost 62 kilos. Um, wow. And I'm absolutely in love with life and in love with myself and the milestones that I've hit. I just bought my son a house. Um, wow. In the divorce, he suffered. Um, kids suffer in divorce. And of course they I do. noticed he moved a lot. And so I bought him a house and I now travel the country training cleaners and cleaning business owners and predominantly women how to transform um, their business life. I'm not a counsellor. Um, I still go to one. Um, so, yeah, that's been the transformation. That's phenomenal. And I'm sure you couldn't have imagined back in December 2017 that you would be where you are now, mm -mm. right? It's just no. the journey. No. Yes. And for and those sort of listening, moments. there yeah, are a lot of dark moments, um, yeah. huge amount of dark moments. There was a lot of not being able to get out of bed. Um, there was a lot of different things. But I think um, I got some very sound advice straight away. And I jumped online and started doing all these courses. Um, like, and I actually wrote one called like break up like a boss or divorce, do it right. And we I need thought, to oh, talk about like yeah. I so I just made some rules for myself. And one of them was that I was not going to be the same version of myself during divorce as I was through marriage. And that's because I carried a lot of regret about how I'd behaved. And by the time you're leaving, you've said some stuff, right? <laughs> so I'd said some nasty things. I had effectively, the relationship is damaged to the point where someone doesn't think it can be fixed. And for me, that was him. I asked him to move out, but then I wanted to fix it and he didn't. And so I had to make some rules for myself. And number one was I did not drink alcohol for 14 months um, I didn't want for myself to be able to have one or two many glasses of wine get some courage and get behind that keyboard and do more damage um, the next thing I decided my second rule was his family is no longer your family in the regards of 
I wasn't to go to his family and demonise him or get support from them. Um, we we weren't um, together. We didn't have children together. So it is a little bit different. But I made a rule for myself that his family were not my support mechanism. Um, yeah, and I'm really glad I did that. Um, yeah. I'm really glad I did that because, honestly, um, the first place he went to to make sure that I was a stranger was his family. And that was probably one of the biggest shocks you know like you think you know how this is gonna go and then shit happens where you're like oh I did not realize that would hurt that much like I didn't realize that would happen so quickly either two or three days I was unfriended off Facebook I was unfriended off Instagram I was a stranger and so it's because people want to support and rally their person and overnight you'll know take sides too quickly yeah 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 um so number one was no alcohol. Number yes. two was his family were not my family. And number three, I was not to be nasty, call him a name or text anything in anger. That was the hardest one. Yeah, that so, is phenomenal. I'm a big so fan of this. A big I had fan. to get some girlfriends. The number one rule. Yeah. 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 My next rule was ask for help all the time. So I text all my girlfriends. I said, hey, guess what? I need a lounge to cry on for the next six months. I'm going to need you. I'm going to need you to invite me to things. My family unit is over. I have nothing to come home to anymore. My teenagers are off doing their thing. I'm going to need you to support me. And quite often it was they could invite me for dinner. I wouldn't eat anything and I'd cry on the lounge. And they knew that that was what I needed. And then I needed one or two people to send those text messages to that I wish I could send to him that were going to do no good for anyone. So um, I started journaling <laughs> I started journaling and getting it out and um, it was a long process, a long healing process for me. Um, And in the same 14 months that I didn't drink, I also stayed single. However, I was the biggest weight that I'd ever been. So I actually think had I been a little bit more loving towards myself, I probably would have pursued something earlier, but I just waited. Um, So, yeah, I made some rules for myself and I stuck to them. They're incredibly positive and helpful rules. Um, I'm interested. You said that you were, you didn't want to be the same version of yourself in the marriage yeah. as in the divorce, mm. and that that is extremely emotionally intelligent to acknowledge that so quickly. Yeah. I think for a lot of people, we we struggle to see the fault in ourselves, or we struggle oh, yeah. to separate bad behavior um, yeah. you know and 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 draw a line in it and say this is not who I want to be anymore. Was no. there a was there a catalyst to that beyond him not coming back? What was it that made you decide, okay, that's how I behaved then, not anymore for me? So I'd started counselling a little bit before we'd separated. So I'd started individual counselling and marriage counselling and the lady had had me doing like these mantra, these woo-woo voodoo mantra things. And um, Love it. I actually, what actually happened is it was the second or third day where I realised he's not coming back Normally he'd go for a night or two and he'd come back. And I thought, he's not he's not coming back. And I stood in front of the mirror and I quite simply didn't look like didn't like what I saw. I didn't right. like what I saw physically. I didn't like who I saw. I didn't like that I even had started to look at myself like he looked at me. And you know, there is a point at which you know that it's over for one person. And I and I remember clearly that he looked at me in a way that I had never seen him look at me like 
before. And so then what I realised is that I had started to look at myself like that and I had started. So I got up and I looked in the mirror and I went to say the mantra and it was something really simple like I am beautiful, I am lovable, I'm enough, and I couldn't couldn't get to the end of it. And I realised that throughout my marriage that I had become unlovable, that I had behaved in the regards of I thought I was unlovable, so I treated myself like I was, and then that manifested in me being quite verbally abusive, um, quite manipulative, and I, 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 I don't know why I was able to take responsibility, and I don't actually even know where I got the courage from to ask him to leave because I then spent, you know, 12 months begging him to come back, and he'd already moved on to numerous other people. Um, So I think there is every justification to make that person the villain. And we want to do that. That's pretty normal for our brains to want to do. But in order to make him the villain, you have to be the victim. And that is incredibly disempowering. And I think that that's what made me go, this is me. Everyone asks me, what happened? Like, you are 60 kilos lighter. You're now running this million-dollar business. You're Amazing. in front of the camera all the time. It's a different person. What happened? And I quite simply say I I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw. I had to face myself and I didn't yeah. like what I saw. So I changed it. Um, but if you've had a marriage that's come to demise, you've said and done things that have hurt the other person and I don't even know if it was like a bit of self-righteousness that I wanted to divorce without adding anything to the fire. And so, you know, that's the 18th of December, right? So, or 13th of December. So I went to Christmas at his mum and dad's and was half expecting him to be at Christmas and he wasn't. And so I did not say a bad word. And his mum actually pulled me aside and she's the most difficult woman to please in the world. And she said, you are handling this with elegance and grace race that I've never seen in you and I really it really hurt me but it also empowered me because she hadn't seen that because I hadn't been walking in that I was a different version of myself yeah you made that decision that's incredible Fiona Mm. I'm going to ask you like pretty pointy questions Um, how did you how did you go about forgiving yourself then for behaving in a way that wasn't aligned with who you wanted to be that's tough um So to add this to another layer, I was actually a really abusive person to my stepchildren and I was a pretty abusive person all round. I'd grown up in that, so it was pretty normal. The process of forgiving yourself is repeated commitment to you. Um, It's not like a once-off thing. It's a forever thing. Unfortunately, I put all the responsibility for loving me into the hands of my husband to making me feel loved and making me feel worthy was his job. So when I didn't feel those things, I was like, how dare you not be a good husband or I'm feeling this at the moment. It took a lot for me to realise that our our feelings are our own. So I started um, counselling, Googling, life coach. I Googled, can you die from grief? So I didn't eat. Bless you. Yeah. So there was a period of time he didn't come to Christmas and he actually blew the entire contents of our Christmas fund. So he was doing everything that he needed to do for me to hate him. <laughs> so yeah. um, I just <laughs> made it easy to do that. Yeah. And so um, Christmas came and went and he sort of moved on to someone else. And um, 
I remember my girlfriends coming around. I wasn't eating. I wasn't looking after myself. And they typed me out a piece of paper that said, stuff I need to do to stay alive. And it was drink 12 glasses of water. It was move for 30 minutes. And they made me tick it off because I was off work at this point in bed, crying, vomit, crying, vomit. We know what the dark times look like. And I feel like in this moment, as much as I do want to shine a light on how transformational this has been, that you are going to have the deepest of grieving. There is only one more painful thing than grieving someone who's dead and buried. It's grieving someone who walks the earth and doesn't have you in their life by choice. Um, That hurts because you can see them. They're in your life, but you're not there anymore. That's right. So it was huge. So I went off to the doctors and the doctor threw a bunch of pills at me and I didn't need that in my life. So I started Googling and I started researching and I hit the gym and I realised I started a five pillars and I still use it to this day. And it's exercise, nutrition, hydration, sleep and rest. And little fun fact for those listening at home, there are seven types of rest. Sleep is only one. Sleep is only one type of rest. So we don't rest. And so the last pillar is connection to self. Um, So you can live and die by those five pillars. I reckon if I miss one of those, my day seems a bit shabby. So I started just going through the motions and I was faking it for so long. The smile wasn't real. It didn't feel real. And I think the pain of thinking about him lingered for years. Um, but I, I, the pain of him and us started to diminish as the love of self started to grow. And then one day I just realised that I didn't hurt when I thought about him anymore. Um, and when I thought about the how unfair it was and how lost I was. So, you know, I did things like went back to church. I joined weird, like, clubs making cards and things. I signed up to every free emotional freedom and divorce course and breakup course. I even listened to James Hussey constantly, you know, whatever I could to keep moving yeah. forward. And that that momentum you know, don't be scared to ask for help, but also don't stay in a spot for longer than you need to. The valleys are there to let us know what the peaks feel like. Just don't set up camp there. I met a lady earlier this year. I drove seven hours to a place called Ningen and we did a hoarder's clean, um, sort of squalor and hoarder's clean. Her, her daughter had called us. Her, her partner had come home 18 years yeah. ago and said, I've met somebody else. You need to move out. There's a truck coming at 9 a.m. And she never got over it. Brutal, by the way. That's horrendous. Never got over it. No. Never got over it. 18 years later, she's living in squalor. Um, She's an alcoholic. She had a absolutely horrific time. And her family love her and want the best for her. But she's stuck in it. And she can't get past, but he destroyed my life. Um, Any person that can leave you and leave you with a destroyed life did you a favour because not one person should ever be your life. Um, That's a burden on them. That's a huge thing on them. You need to have your personal responsibility is to have a life within you untouchable by everybody else that's our responsibility is to have that wholeness yeah I believe I think it's incredible what you just said about this lady who's been affected for 18 years by that one 
mm-hmm. you know, statement and also what you said earlier around allowing somebody else to have that control over you means that you're admitting to being a victim and how disempowering that is. It's terrible. To not, yeah, to not have yeah. agency over yourself, to not be able to yeah. make choices yeah. of your own life because that person has such a hold over you. What I had no idea who I even was. Um, the yeah. first thing the counsellor said to me when he left was, Fiona, who are you? And I said, okay, well, I had my answer ready to go, right, because I was so justified. This is and what I do. And yeah. Yes. I was like, I'm a mum. I'm a stepmom. I'm a business owner. I am a cleaning trainer, da-da-da. And she was, and I said, I'm an, and I'm a wife. And she said, no, they're jobs you do or hats you wear. They're not who you are. And I burst into tears and she's like, what? And I almost threw up the words. I was like, oh, my God, I'm no one. Wow. Because I had latched my identity to being a wife and a mother and a stepmother and a business owner. So when that went, I was literally no one. I didn't didn't even know who I was. And I just, that took me a longer time than anything else. I think the fact that I was a 40-year-old woman and I had no idea what I liked. Um, I have no idea who I wanted to be. And I didn't know how to build that. And I just started from scratch again. I love that. So you made me just think of what you said earlier, where you joined some weird groups or, you, you know, you did like <laughs> card making or whatever. I've done exactly mm. the same thing. So when you're reinventing a life, whether, you know, yeah. I've been a serial expat and I've lived all over the world and, and you do need to kind of start from scratch each time. It's like, all right, well, yeah. what am I going to do with this blank slate? Yeah. Whether it's yeah. end of a marriage and you're setting up your brand new home for the first time yeah. and it's all your own, you've got to make decisions yeah. about that. Or whether it's, well, what do I do with my time? And I do yeah. think, you know, when you say starting from scratch, it's almost like trial and error. Okay, I might yeah. try a wine and yeah. cheese night and see if I yeah. meet people there. I might, yeah. I remember in Singapore, I joined a, um, um, it was like art gallery openings. So I would sign up to, to email lists of any art gallery that was opening and I would go along. And I yeah. just happened to see this one lady again and again and again. And one day we just got brave enough to say, <laughs> I see you all the time. Like, who are you? And we've been great friends for 20 yeah. years now, right? Yeah. So yeah. those opportunities of trial and error, trying yeah. uh, yeah. know, what, what's going on at the library in that group, yeah. trying yeah. any any of these things is a great idea. To I love to what, again. yeah, I love that that's probably created a really lovely friendship. And I think um, I've also realised that courage is a muscle. So when you go through this process, you're going to have to do a lot of really brave, scary things. Um, You know, I was like the best way for me to like explain myself, even though I was like this aggressive, like outward person, I was like a baby bird that had been kicked out of the emotional nest. Like I didn't know how to function by myself. And I realized that, and you can throw lots of terms around, like I hear narcissist and this and that all thrown around Mm. about labeling other people. but we I realized I was very codependent on other people like I and there is no such thing as a good guy and a bad guy in a relationship where it's been over years we like to think that he cheated he did drugs he had mental health issues he stole from me so therefore he's the bad guy and I'm the good guy and that's it's not the case um never and never and it also becomes irrelevant um it becomes so irrelevant as to who did what but that's how we kind of can play that record. So the sooner that 
you take the bullets back and put them in your own gun and start shooting, you know, goals for your own life, the, the, the better. Um, I had that extra layer of deciding to go and get gastric sleeve and I've lost 60 kilos. So what I actually found is every time I dropped a dress size, I tr- had to go again. It was like a whole wow. new a whole new, new thing year. came up. Yeah, so I've gone yeah. 22, 20, 18, 16, 14, 12, 10. Wow. So I have now friends and family are like we they have had to have a recommitment to getting to know me. And I remember saying at one point in time to a friend who had known me for a while and he said to me, you know, I know you and you wouldn't da 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 and I said I'm going to have to stop you. <laughs> I'm reinventing myself at such a rapid rate. You don't know me. I don't know me yet. So you definitely don't know me enough to say this is who you're going to be. So who you have been and who you're about to be are two different people. You're allowed for them to be different people. That's right. You can choose to hold on to the bits that you like. You can choose to choose to reinvent other areas. I love that. And totally. this whole courage is a muscle. Like, yeah, you just mentioned there. It absolutely is. Uh, totally and it helps is. you overcome fear, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Try it yeah. the first time. It's really, really scary. Try it again. Yeah. It's a little bit less scary. And then it becomes yeah. second nature. Yeah. And just tell doing me about lots your of little brave things. Sorry. Tell me about what? Yeah. Tell me about your idea for Break Up Like a Boss. Where did you get that idea yeah. from? So I just realised that there wasn't a lot out there at the time. Um, You know, this was in sort of 2017, 2018, and I Googled like a mofo trying to find something to help me. And there was some lady called Rory on the internet and I did something with hers, but it was American. And it's a different world over there. It's not the same. I wanted something for me in the country that I lived in and there was nothing. And so I just decided that I would like start penning. Create it. Yeah. how I'd done this and um, and and started, you know, anything. And I actually have gone on to write two other programs, Bariatric Like a Boss and Bond Clean Like a Boss. So <laughs> I feel like my mantra is just like a boss. And I think <laughs> yeah. you can do anything like break up and be a boss about it and be that best version of yourself and not allow. It doesn't mean I didn't tell him what I thought of him and it doesn't mean I didn't, you know, say things I probably would not have now, but I didn't damage anything. So um, I love the idea of divorcing right or breaking up like a boss. Having sequences or even having communities of info sharing, we do not have to become bitter, nasty exes. And to be honest, I've watched quite a few friends go through divorce where the only person, the one was the solicitors making all the money on both sides um, because we're locked in this, you know, feud um so I think there's definitely elements to anybody does it doesn't it? It really it doesn't. doesn't no um however you know we couldn't we couldn't um be in the same room for a really long time um and so even through the insolvency and funnily enough um because of how I behaved during this I'm so proud of myself and I look same. back, You're not the same. yeah, yeah, Absolutely. and it's a nice place to be. Like it really is a nice place to be. I didn't, I don't need anything from him and his family and support and things like that. I did this by myself. Um, and what's really funny is I ended up selling the business for enough to pay 
our employees' entitlements. And then I went bankrupt three months later and that was it. Like I was was like, oh, my God, how did I do that? And so, yeah, I, I ended up having to go and get a normal job like everybody else and my my kids were 20, 18 and 20 by then so they moved out of home and I don't have a relationship now with my stepchildren and that's taken a long time what you do is you are no longer married but you need to become intimately intimately involved with yourself and so I had a relationship with myself to grow and I had to build trust with myself. And then I had to build this wonderful freaking relationship with my good friend, grief. Yeah, <laughs> grief yeah. does not have, there's no time. You can't put a time limit on this, but you can accelerate this by joining programs, by connecting with women like yourself. Because at different phases of this, I have kept my eye out for the lady in the artwork, or I've kept my eye out for somebody who's been for that season or a reason. And yes. it turns out that, you know, it was the best thing to have ever happened to me for me to have lost what I thought was the love of my life and my world. And it turns out everything. Yeah. Turns out that I'm my the love of your life. And I'm yeah. the love of my life. And my new partner, who we've been together now three years, that's hard yeah. for him because I wasn't in love with myself when I met him. So I fell in love with him and then I fell in love with myself. So he watched me kind of like, you know, he has kept up so well. Pete is a gem. Um, (laughs) But I have reinvented myself like so many times that it's, um, it's, it's just so reassuring to know that you can pivot any damn time you like, any. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I have uh, a wonderful relationship too. And and I think one of the greatest things about our relationship is that we know we don't need each other, right? We, we, neither of us is incomplete without the other. Yes. But everything is so complimentary and wonderful beautiful. when we're together. Yeah. We choose this yeah. every day. Yeah. I choose yeah. you not because I need to have you, not yeah. because there's something missing in me, but because you compliment me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's and really, you know, a great place to be. It isn't because of the absence of one thing in the presence of the other. Like I always used to think to going into this new relationship with Pete, um, his wife had died a few years before. And so we were both grieving. And yeah. so I realized that you did not need to not love and you didn't need to be, you know, that absence, you're going to love that person that you're getting divorced from. It is unrealistic yeah, and unfair. Right. And I think that's why we actually demonise them and hate them and, and spite, spit at them is because we need to hate them in our mind. They need to be the bad guy in order for us to, to like separate. love again and it's not the, not the case. Pete yeah. still grieves for his wife. She was a wonderful woman. So why would I expect myself to not miss my husband from time to time, my ex-husband. Um, well, the life that you built together, the yeah, family yeah. dynamics was, that you had at the time. Yeah, There were some wonderful, beautiful, sexy, fun, interesting things about him that yeah. don't go away now because we're not together. In fact, I totally wish him absolute happiness. It's it's taken a time to get to there, but um 
we are so hard to judge we're so hard on judging ourselves and so now I give myself a lot of like gratitude and a lot of leniency um you know there was a lot of dark times and don't get me wrong we've been you know it's been 2018 19 20 21 22 so I'm coming into the fifth year and I only exited bankruptcy last year so there was a lot of shame and a lot of guilt and things to work through so don't put a clock on things but also don't wait around for you to get to like when I get to here I'll do that or I'll be ready when you 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 just won't be so just launch at things that you love to do because I launched start my cleaning biz as a bankrupt 140 kilo I was locked in COVID and a girlfriend rang me this is how start my cleaning biz got birthed um middle of COVID 2020 a friend rings me and she had left a long-term violent relationship and had never really had any job of her own since then and she'd gone on to marry and she was just cleaning a couple of houses for 30 bucks an hour yeah. she rang me and said I want to start a cleaning business can you teach me how so in the middle of COVID one in my pajamas with no good video at all I just started recording and to this day I refuse to re-record because as they go through the 90 videos I get thinner and the transformation in my ability and my videos gets better and better. And so yeah. she did the course and I drove to Dubbo to teach her how to clean and she followed the course. And at the time I was working as a cleaning trainer doing COVID and infection control training. I had no interest in starting another cleaning business. It was the biggest, most, it cost me my marriage. It. Yeah. I went bankrupt. Like I had no inclination whatsoever and I was on a restraint so long story short is I started in 2020 creating start my cleaning biz and it picked up a few clients here and a few clients there but I never wanted to go out on a limb like that again and I never wanted to put it out there I, I was still wounded and I was still vulnerable and I still was mistrusting and I was still f the world you know deep down there were, it was like I was Jekyll and Hyde. And you'll get to that point too where you're like, am I that person or am I that person? And the answer is you're both. And yes. so, you're shedding you know, parts of you. It doesn't all happen immediately. Totally. Yeah. Um, so May 2021 came around. I was well out of my restraint and a client rang and said, Fiona, can you clean three preschools for us? And I said, yeah, sure. And I don't even know why I said, yeah, sure. But I realized that I wasn't going to be able to continue with start my cleaning biz and grow my cleaning biz if I didn't have the credibility of having a successful cleaning business. Because I had one, but it went bankrupt. So in my brain, that wasn't successful. Successful okay. is completely profitable, doing great things, earning great money, and it's a good sustainable, touches the lives of people. That's success to me. So May 21, I started the Better Clean team. And I went to the quote and she asked me what my business name was and I spat that out without even registering it. So I went home wow. and I said, yeah. I said Google to Pete, quickly. guess what? Is this available? <laughs> I said to Pete, so I just started a cleaning business. He's like, what? I said, you know what I'm <laughs> going to do? I'm going to put myself through my own course and I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. And so I documented 
from May 21 to May 22. And in May 22, we hit $86,000 worth of revenue a month, which is exactly, just about exactly $1 million a year, seven-figure cleaning business in 12 months. Uh, And I didn't even get out of bankruptcy till October 21. So I don't for a second um, take for granted that transformation. And so in 12 months, um, we've grown, start my cleaning business growing from one um, member in 2020 to we now have about 82 cleaning business owners in our um, little network. We've got 600 yeah. in our in our open group. Um, and the cleaning business now hire, now employs um, 20 people, predominantly women and um, people with disabilities. So it's been a wonderful chance for me to give back and then earn money and so I love this you're making this so easy for me I haven't had to interview you at all you're sorry just, I, I love it talk the leg off <laughs> the chair um the, so the yeah women, the people who are going through your program so the people taking yeah. your online course about starting yeah. a business for themselves how yeah. many of them would be women who are you know, starting either returning to the workforce, having been stay-at-home mums, or starting from scratch? I've had four or five males out of 80. Um, So it would be 87%, like, you know, 90 out of 100 people that come to us would be women. Um, And and normally mums, we don't get a lot of young ones. However, we do have a little millennial group, like little millennial group of of two. Um, And they are all women and they it's interesting because they spend the first six months of coaching me telling me how dumb they are, how um, they can't, they don't have any confidence in their ability at all and that we spend the first, no, we spend the the first six months reframing um, into I haven't learnt yet Um, and Lou is my first member who I was talking about earlier she now has, um, as, a, as a woman that's never had any super and never had anything to herself, her profit after she pays herself is about $5,000 a month. She now has options and um, she's only got a little cleaning business with three or four other cleaners. She only does houses. Um, so it's predominantly women that are led to, to come to me. Um, and so we, they come and they either do the course or, or come into the coaching um, and the course is self-paced and they can do it on their own. And what's interesting is I, I first called the course Couch to Cash in Seven Days. Now it's designed so that you could do it, start on day one, you buy your cleaning products on day three and you do your first paid customer on day five. So day seven, you're it, you're 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 getting booked you've bought money um, yeah and you're bringing money in which is yeah even like what I actually noticed and this is probably what really pushed me to make something out of this is I had a business and I had education and I had income and I still couldn't function and so when the cleaning business actually went to the administrators I had to get a normal job and I realised I would kind of go through phases where I would cry for a bit and then I'd be okay. And so cleaning houses, no one's there to look over your shoulder. They want the end product. Um, and a lot of women that I then talked to for my program, when they separated from their husband, he was the breadwinner. So the yeah. earnings the earnings went and they were stuck with the mortgage. 
and the car payment and the family car and the kids. Yeah. So they couldn't work anything from not like they could only work nine till two. And I just thought to myself, like, if this can impact me the way that it has, um, you just can't function sometimes like you were before. Being able to just go and clean someone's house, put my headphones in, have a cry whenever I needed to, take a moment, get back to vacuuming, it seemed yeah. to me the perfect way for women to regain some financial independence when they were going through a, a divorce and breakup. I've noticed a theme in these two areas. So when you're talking about growing a business and when you were talking about, you know, this fundamental change of your mm. divorce, um, that you sought help like you went and looked online what can I learn what can I learn from other people um I think that's a fantastic constantly. attitude right yeah yeah I love it's that we really are silly to learners. think that we can yeah I, I there is help out there there's a lot of it um and I will admit that I found the least helpful to be via the GP I'm not gonna lie um yeah you know I think that's got a, a time and a place but I think that it was recognising that I had to grow all areas of my life for myself um, yeah. and learn. And that growth mindset, you either have a growth mindset or you don't. If you're in a fixed mindset, Google that if you need to. I realised that I was in a bit of a fixed mindset because the alternative was really bloody scary um, because a growth mindset, you're on your own and we don't want to be on our own. We want to fit in and stuff like that. Um, so, but it's such it, a, a much kinder way of of being on your own, isn't it? To have a growth yeah. mindset to say, okay, I, yeah. I don't know what this is. I don't know how I'm going to cope with yeah. this, but I'll figure yeah. it out. And I'm going to figure there. it out, and I'm going to yeah. learn, and I'm going to be kind to myself when I do trip up. Get it or, wrong. Yeah, or, you know, I get it wrong all the time, and so there's no bigger thing that you can get wrong in so many ways than marriage and so I think I looked at it and I thought my best friend the person I wanted in my life for the longest doesn't ever want to see me again like I'm an epic failure and I think I applied that failure mindset to everything I wasn't very kind to myself so what you just said there is probably a big key to it is we're just learning we're on the way to it's a journey not looking at yourself and going well you you stuff that up so therefore everything else can be that way as well um yeah reaching out for help is that first brave little step um and and that and courage trialing isn't... lots of different things because like yeah, you said you yeah. know you try, try different avenues you know you went to the gp that wasn't the solution you needed at wasn't the, time. the thing for me the, but it serves the us of, yeah coach that yeah you, you know yeah dealt with but it's funny because I've since done a US program and loved it mm, um, right. I did another program yeah and loved it so it just I think is um like you said trying things out and um we set very small goals and we stay very very safe and one of my goals was that by the time I retired and we was like 50 or 60 or 70 or whatever that I would buy my son a house because I'd never owned a family home I moved around a lot when I was a kid and he missed out during his upbringing because of this marriage that I was in where I was a stepmom overnight. We sacrificed a lot for a big family. And three or four months ago, um, I bought him a house with a six-figure deposit and it didn't put a chink in my bank account. So then incredible. I realised that if we set a goal and make it big and make it scary and make it fun, 
Yeah, we then achieve it. I sat there and was like, oh, shit. I felt the day after I bought my son that house, I felt exactly the same way as when I stood in front of the mirror and I didn't like what I see. So I felt lost. Only for a moment this time, but I felt lost because my plan ended. Was it an upper limit problem? It was, yeah. Yeah. But I felt lost and alone and I was standing there going, what are you going to do now? Manifest something else that's fabulous. Um, Set a new goal. I set a massive goal. And so I think don't underestimate what you can achieve and who you can be by the limitations of who you were um, to That's hard else. to hear, though. Like, to be fair to our listeners, that's that's hard yeah. to hear, you know, that it's they tough. the idea that in just a handful of years you could be, a, yeah. you know, running a seven-figure business, not buying yeah. your child a house with a six-figure deposit. Yeah. It's hard to hear. But I love what you were saying earlier about, you know, setting goals and making them manageable. Yeah. Um, yeah. and working on that muscle and then you start yeah. believing I can achieve this and I can achieve yeah. something slightly bigger I can achieve yeah. something slightly bigger and that's yeah phenomenal. and look I I say to a lot of my coaching clients they say can I create a million dollar cleaning business in a year and I say no I said you got to remember I've done this before and so I I don't ever put a time limit on how long you can take but I tell you what you can do is that you can create financial freedom and you can sustain yourself by um, making some really strong decisions to back yourself either in your job, education or or a business, whatever you choose. So you're right. Sometimes those of us that have come out the other side can forget how big it is to hear something like that. Um, But if I can even bring it down to something more digestible is you will wake up one day not in pain. And you will wake up not feeling sick in the stomach and not anxious about what your life is going to be like because it's not without that person. Um, That's right. And I had to go through, you know, like even when the divorce paperwork came and I was officially divorced, I two and a half years into a magical loving relationship. It's like the layers of the onion, you know, I had to deal, I had to deal with each layer as it, as it came, but um Women are so resilient and we are so incredibly wired for multiple, um, you know, we raise family. Like it's funny to me that women can be like, I've got no skills. I'm like, woman, honestly. All the things you've done. All the things. We're born born with a pain threshold. We can live through the flu. Like you can do things, you know, (laughs) you have skills. You have things to offer the world and don't ever think otherwise that you have got some magic in you that maybe just doesn't feel so magical right now but one day um keeping those steps with some nurturing and some care and get that help yeah fiona how can people find you i'll put it in Um, the show notes of course i'm on instagram and facebook um fiona morris of start my cleaning biz and grow my cleaning biz and just two months ago we launched the australian cleaning academy um, which is why I'm in Melbourne at the moment. But um, happy for anyone to reach out anytime. Um, yeah, amazing, Fiona. Thanks so much for sharing your thanks story. Thanks for having Being me. So vulnerable and You're honest, and you know you've gone deep. I love it. So I will put all of your contact details in our show notes, and um, I really appreciate it. Thanks, Fiona. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. I hope you took something of value out of this episode. 
I'm your host, Becca Maxwell, and you can find me on the web at dodivorceright.com or on Instagram at dodivorceright. I look forward to connecting with you there.